Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And in this episode, we're going to answer some of your questions about Walt Disney World Resort and Walt Disney World World Resort reservations. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. Agent Consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. And back in our production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Well, the camera went to me unexpectedly. I always well, put it to you first. Before you go to you? Yeah, I feel like there needs to be a buffer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to make people recoil? Yeah. <laughs> Am I the segue? Am I the easing into Craig? Is Ex- that exactly, is? yes. Not sure if I'm flattered by that. I don't know. I, don't, I was just thinking, I don't know how you should think about that. I don't know either. It's kind of like how, you know, Regis needs to make sure he talks about Gelman at least three times. Is he still on the air? No, not for not. many, many years, like maybe decades. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> All right. So as I mentioned, we are going to answer your Walt Disney World related questions. So let's jump right into it. Our first one, I am very confused Oh, no, we did that nope. one already. <laughs> you are very confused about where to start. There are a bunch of confused people, huh? Is there a charge for magic bands? Some people say they are free, but others have paid for theirs. Also, are fast passes free? I can answer this one. What? Um, <laughs> what? It's a theme. Uh, there's a certain number of magic bands. They're usually the plain magic bands. They come in a variety of colors, and those are included with your package. There are other options that are an upcharge. Um, I just recently up got my magic band, and I chose to pay for a different one. I got the Rainbow Mickey, and I, it was 10 extra dollars. If I wanted any one of the colors, I apologize. I'm not going to be... I don't have them all, but there's an orange, there's a gray, I a believe red, there's a, a red, blue. a blue, purple, pink, pur- purple and pink. And then there are other ones you can purchase. And then when you get to the park, there's a wide variety of specialized ones with characters on them or attractions, things like that. Or Star Wars. You can buy a Star Wars one. You can buy Star Wars ones, yep. So, yep. See, yeah, I did so that one all by myself. You did that one. And the only thing I would add to it is that you can also get free Magic Bands if you stay, if it's just a resort reservation. It doesn't have to be a package. And as long as you're staying at a Disney-owned and operated resort, you will have one free Magic Band per person. Right. This yep. entire upgrade, your Magic Band thing, though, has been, I think it's been a bigger success than Disney even planned for. I think so. I we- am constantly, I don't spend my life on Facebook. But I swear, every day I see a post from a friend who's coming down to visit, and they're posting about which upgraded magic ban they actually went with. And the fact that they're keeping them, they're always adding more new ones, especially if it ties in with an event or or just any time of the year it is. It's people are, are saying, like, okay, well, $30 to buy one in a park, not going to really go for that. But as soon as it's a $10 upgrade with... Right. With your your deal there, like why not? So not only a ten dollar upgrade, but sent to you, mm-hmm. engraved with your name on it, right? So I mean, it's almost like wow, this is a really cool thing. Well, it's also in the Disney universe. This is a relatively inexpensive souvenir, right? Right. This is a, a memento of your trip that you know you've chosen yourself, and it's relatively inexpensive. By and it's ten dollars, right? Like. It's right. almost free in Disney we speak. We really say that too loud. 
Because you know. I know. Oh. $10 is very expensive. Whoa, I can't how much they cost. <laughs> In comparison to the rest of your Disney vacation, this is a bargain. Yeah. They offer a nice variety of them. There's mm-hmm. a decent selection of what you can upgrade to. Obviously, if you get to the park, there's a ton more right. that you can buy. And there are special, I mean, they did a Dooney and Burke magic band a while ago. So you can go, you know, get your free magic band that's included with your reservation, or you can move up from there. It depends on what you want. And all your magic bands will work. All your magic bands linked to your account will work. This vacation, last vacation, doesn't matter. You can't use other people's credits. You cannot use other people's credits. (laughs) Or magic band. So um, one of the things that I've seen a lot of people post on the Diz boards is that they really wish Disney would stop sending them magic bands. That Because they have five or six from a bunch of different... You can decline them now. That's a a fairly new thing. You can decline to to take Magic Band. Um, there's somewhere in the set in my Disney experience when you're ordering them. There's a box to click to say don't send me any because I've got enough. I should do that soon because I have a lot. I saw one family. There was a picture on Twitter of someone had who had linked them all together and used them as Christmas garland on a small tree. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So people are saying that, and I'm going to be honest with you. I every time we go to these special events, I get one, and I don't use it, so I don't know what to do with them. They're just sort of in my office. Kevin just told you, make Christmas garland. Make Christmas garland. <laughs> <laughs> I just try just to make negate Christ- my idea. It's fine. Yeah. He's right. You don't listen to him. <laughs> That's great. Love her. And what about fast passes? How much do fast passes cost? Six dollars payable to Tracy H. <laughs> In Canadian money. Yeah. Fast passes are free, and I'm wondering if the confusion of some people paying for them is the uh, concierge special club level upgrade thing that you can get. I apologize. I don't have all the details about it. But there is a way where you pay so much per person per day and you get three special fast passes if you're staying club level. So it could be that's where you've heard some people have paid for them. Other than that, there is no charge for fast passes. They are free. You get three in advance um, at 60 days if you're staying in a Walt Disney World Resort property. Um, And it's 30 days for annual pass holders and basically everybody else yeah the the club level thing gets confusing especially around mm-hmm. times when it's a new attraction coming out or or in like this case i don't want to be too relevant to when we are here but like illuminations ending and epcot forever beginning people are trying to get they want to guarantee their last shows if it's available for even like the last or the first show of this and then again like i said before with the first uh first day of a new attraction and uh with the club level having a little bit more concierge level having a little bit more uh, leeway on fast passes and stuff everyone starts talking about well concierge levels are, are booking them all up and they're getting them first so because that's i've been searching a lot about it recently and i see that over and over and over again people are really talking about concierge level fast passes more and more right now so it, it does get confusing in that bit but and you know what it's all about disney trying stuff out and figuring out what people are willing to do who knows you may always have to pay ten dollars for a magic band this mm-hmm. might be the trial balloon. You may always have to pay or have the opportunity to pay for more fast passes. Right. They might be out there testing the waters to see, listen, what are people willing to do? Yeah. yeah. And the important thing, too, to remember, uh, just because they're 
does get the crossover where people still don't understand that Disney and Universal are two different entities. Over at Universal, you do have to pay for their Universal Express unless you're staying at one of the three premier hotels, and then it's included with it. But yeah, it's right. if you're one of those people out there, which hopefully you're not, that think Disney and Universal is connected and they're the exact same thing, they're not. So Disney, free fast passes, Universal, paid Universal Express. Excellent. All right, let's move on to our next question. Are character meals included in the dining plan? Can I use the dining plan as I want, or do I have to follow some sort of plan set by Disney? Yes. <laughs> you both at the same time looked at Yeah, me. they're included. Wow, that was grumpy. It was. <laughs> First of all, we're not judging them on their question. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. Because there was a okay, little judgment implied. Do it again. Take two. Yes. You can use your credits for a character. Right, go back to the other way. <laughs> that was creepy. That scared me a little bit. So, yes, character meals are included in the dining plan with the regular dining plan, not quick service. So anything that has table service, you can use a table service credit. Isn't this what I said? Yeah, I just said it a little nicer. I said it in Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> um, subtitles. Yeah. There is also, you know, there might be some character meals that will take two of your table service. Uh, Cinderella's Royal Table comes to mind. Um, I know there's others. Be our guest dinner. Uh, Acker's Shoes? Or is that uh, no, one? Acker's Shoes is one. Okay. Yep. So I know at least Cinderella's Royal Table will take two of those table service credits, but your dining plan is valid for those. Disney doesn't give you a, necessarily a, you know, a diagram or an itinerary to use the plan. There are some parameters you have to work within. So, for example, if you're on the regular dining plan, which has had 1,700 different names since I've been selling Disney, but right now we'll call it the regular dining plan, it's one quick service credit, one table service credit, and two snacks per person per night of stay. So your table service credit is what we're talking about here. You can use it there for characters. You can use it for other meals. Um, quick service use at the quick service locations. Those are kind of your plans. Generally, when you get to the to the restaurant, there are not specific menu items for dining plan people. The menu is open to you. It's just what you order. So, for example, on the regular plan, you get a drink, alcohol or non specialty drink, whatever it is you want. You get your main and you get a dessert. There are times in some restaurants I notice where there'll be an upcharge. Like for example, maybe um, it'll say. If you want to add a lobster to your steak, there's an upcharge. That upcharge would not be included in the plan. And this is not limited to those credits on those days. Exactly. Yeah. You're actually given a bucket of credits when you start, and it's up to you how to use them. So if you use two of your credits for a character meal, then you've used two days worth of credits. Yes. Correct. Or, yep. So, no, you're right. Yep. It's... It's not as rigid as you can use one a day, one a day, one a day, one a day. You can use them as you see fit. But sometimes I wish we would hire a cartoonist to draw the way Kevin describes stuff. I just have a person with a bucket of credits. (laughs) I'd like to use my dining service credits, please. Take them from my bucket. Out of my bucket. Here's my bucket of credits. Reverse trick or treat. Bucket is the best way to describe it, though, because it's such it's such a hard concept to explain to people. But if you're staying seven nights and you're two people. When you check in, they're putting 14 table service credits on your account, 14 quick service, and 28 snacks. So then you're just pulling from that pool throughout the week. They don't expire until the end of the last day. So if you're going to Universal for a couple days, 
you can use those credits a different day. So, but not at Universal. But not at Universal, <laughs> correct? They do not accept the bucket. Full, they they don't don't no buckets. Full, they don't care how full your bucket is. Um, but you can't like combine quick service credits into a table service. No, credit. you cannot. You can exchange quick service credits for three snacks. That has to be done and at the once. The train is going south. I just can't yeah. say. Kevin and I glazed over. You know when that's valuable? It's, there's two instances where I think it's valuable. Food and wine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? Where you want extra snacks. The other is the last day. I did not use two of my quick service credits, and I have three snacks left. What do I do? I go Lots to the gift Mickey, shop. Mickey marshmallow bars. Yeah. I go to the gift shop or the resort you know, food court. And there are a ton of things that are snack items, and they make great souvenirs to take home or snacks for the plane on the way home. So if I have two quick service left, that's six snacks. And so now I can go and, you know, for the last time we went, we moved to a new neighborhood. So I brought back a bunch of really big uh, Mickey and Princess lollipops for the neighbor kids. So there's lots of things you can do. I mean, that's a poor example for your teeth. But there are some healthier <laughs> snacks you can do. So, I love some gluten-free snacks at Disney. And so if I have extra snack credits at the end, I'm bringing some of them home because at home I'm paying 4 or $5 a bag. So there's things that you can do with those things at the end. That's when they're valuable. So how do you turn those into snack credits? When I go to the gift shop, I say I'm going to use a quick service for this, and here are my three snacks. I have to do all three at once. Do three at once. Yes. So it's not like you go somewhere yeah, there's and they not a magically change them. When they first something. started doing it, there was something that the hotel was doing where they would change it. Now it's just as simple as going to the location. Not all locations will do it. So you need to ask them if they will do it. I found that the resorts, all the resort gift shops and the resort food courts are doing it. And they know what they're doing there. And so I just go and I say, you know, here's. And you'll see everybody doing it on their last night because they got big baskets of <laughs> And as soon as you walk up, they're going, oh, extra credits. You can also do the same thing with your table service credits if you have any of those left. Clearly, the people who are all about value on the dining plan are screaming at me right now. Right. Why and would I you get do that? that this is not value. No. But no. this is in a situation. We recently had a summer trip, and you make all these plans, and then we realized we ended up missing a couple meals, so we had some credits left. Um, but the table service works the same way. I can do, use a table service to get quick service. I can use a table service to get three snack credits. So don't leave with credits that you haven't used. No so, need for that. So we're going back to character meals on it, do you think the character meals are a good value with your, your dining plan? I think often they are because they're charged per person. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what you eat. So sometimes people will say to me, um, should I use a dining credit at Via Napoli? I have, or I'm short one. Should I use it at Via Napoli or a character meal? Almost always the character meal. Because they don't care what you eat. They're charging you per person. Oh, yeah. And Whereas somewhere like Via Napoli, maybe you can share a pizza. That's true of like um, a buffet also. Right. Any of the buffets right. where you're going to be charged no matter what right. you eat. Yeah, Character and, meal prices have gotten like extraordinary. Like I cannot believe how high gotten they've gotten. Hmm? You, I didn't get those words. I said uh, character meal prices. Character meal prices. Yeah. And so when you look at something like um, – lost it it went out my head well yeah. i was gonna like i think the last time i ate at garden grill it was around like 46 dollars yep before tip for it so that's to me that's one where that would be a much better deal like to use because yeah, yeah and I, I know it's bonkers but you know i did mine part of one of the candlelight packages so yep. used it in, in that it, kind of circumstance but if it's a but, candlelight package it takes two table service credits oh yeah doesn't yeah, matter yeah. what even if you go to Nine Dragons, it's two table service credits. Yeah. 
But what I was going to say for kids, especially, I like meals are a great deal. I do too. I'm joking about it, but I do. But it's also one of the least expensive, expensive. Right. table service you can eat exactly. at. Exactly. Um, I was going to say before, uh, with kids, the price of the dining plan for the day uh, makes character meals a really good deal. Often the price of the character meal is more than what the kids' dining plan paid was for that day. Yeah. Excellent. Boy, these really go off the rails, don't they? (laughs) So let's go to our next question. I have read an article about a travel agent who charges a fee for her service. I know that you said Dreams Unlimited Travel does not charge for your service. What is she offering that people are paying for? (laughs) That is an excellent question. (laughs) This is a G-rated show. (laughs) Um, I actually saw that, and I think I forwarded to the agents because I was perplexed that this woman was charging as much as she did. For the same services we provide for free. Yeah, it's actually very common. I've seen it a lot. I've been around the business a long time, and it's always been a thing. Traditional agencies, um, the last one I worked in was charging a fee. Um, they had a different fee schedule based on what you were doing. If you booked, the fee was re- was deducted from the cost of the trip. Oh, so they would charge a fee even if you didn't book through them. So that's why they charge the fee. So what was happening was you were paying a fee, and then if you didn't book or went and booked on your own, the agent at least made the fee. Oh, I see. So that's what they were doing. Now, most agencies, like even the one that I worked at, it's not something we implemented a lot. We had the judgment of whether to use it or not. Um, but sometimes you got the feel that somebody was... Kicking tires? Yeah, or using you for their research to go online and, and do it. And because travel agents only get paid when a guest travels. Um, also, they've been doing it for a really long time with booking airfares. Air, airlines stopped paying commission of travel agencies years ago right. so they would they implemented a fee so that when you were booking uh, airfare with a travel agent there's a per person fee because you're accepting all the responsibility and getting no compensation so that's kind of where it came from but now in our world there are travel agents out there who do what we do and they charge a fee i've read a few articles recently that tell me it's becoming more common they think that's the future of travel um that we're seen as more of a concierge almost where you know you're helping along the way and you're doing things as john said this is something that's always been part of our services people want to know how we get paid we get paid from the commission disney pays us on the packages that we're booking right and again i didn't see anything in her list of services that were any different than what we offer um i would say the other thing that's kind of tricky for them too is you know, we offer uh, help with fast passes and with dining and all those things as much or as little as a client wants. But there are times when we can't get you that. So what happens if you pay a fee right. and that agent can't get you that thing? Right. To me, the expectation changes yeah. when you've paid for a service. I also think one of the unsung things or with something we don't talk about often enough is we all have to travel knowing that there's a possibility that something could go wrong. And having an advocate that is not traveling, that's at a computer, that has the phone numbers that are needed to be on your side, I think that's a huge value mm-hmm. that I don't think people take into account. Having an advocate that's working for you, with you, and hopes that you have the best vacation – that, that's a really important feature of being a travel agent. How many times a day do you go to bat for clients with Adventures by Disney? Because they've changed, they've yes. did something weird I to their reservation. I just recently had a client who missed a flight, 
and needed some help getting from the, the the flight was canceled because of weather. So there was a great deal of logistics of now I have to get ABD to understand that their flight was canceled and that they're going to be coming in a day later and now they still have to be picked up at the airport and have to join. And that's something that I consider as part of my job. That's part of my responsibility. So knowing that you've got somebody who's going to work for you when times are stressed. Our job does not end when you get on the plane or when you check into your hotel at Disney. We don't breathe a sigh of relief and say, oh, that one's gone. You know, <laughs> you know we are still looking after you and we're still here. I hear it. you snickering, Dreams Agents. What? Um, And to this point with the travel agent charges a fee, as I said, I was reading articles lately. There are travel agents that I'm reading about that a large percentage of their annual business is coming from these fees. I think they probably do a very good job for the fees. And if people are willing to pay it, um, it's a service that's out there. It's something like John had said, we're already doing it. We're already offering it. I can't imagine Dreams would ever go to a free, ba- a fee-based service. That's never been our model, and I can't see it ever becoming it. And if we do, um, I would just keep it. So it's not like the agents are going to yeah. it. <laughs> Another question that I answer quite frequently is Dreams Unlimited Travel never charges your card yeah. or your credit card. And Dreams Unlimited Travel never holds your cash. There are travel agencies who will accept your payments and put it in their bank account and then pay when it's time for your payment to be made. Dreams Unlimited Travel doesn't do that. And if something happens to the travel agency that's holding your money, you no longer have a reservation. With Dreams Unlimited Travel, once you make a reservation and we apply any money to that, that reservation is with Disney. Disney charged your card. Disney has your money. So if... In the unbelievable circumstance that Dreams Unlimited Travel disappeared for some reason, you still have a reservation with Disney, and every dime that you've paid is already there. There is nothing being held back by us. That's true. And you might say to yourself, well, <clears throat> you know, I booked through you know, this travel agency that's a national account, and I know them really well. Look what happened with Thomas Cook. Yeah. What did they say? There were 600,000 people? Unbelievable. I, it, shot, the airline it's one, it's, yeah, it's one of the largest. And it's not even just an airline. They're a tour company. Right. Tour the other company. thing is they're a wholesale company. It so. was, it's been around for 150 yep. years? A long time. Over 100 for sure. And just finally just couldn't keep saving it any longer, right. I guess. But So Dreams will never charge your card. You'll never see a a credit card charge from Dreams Unlimited Travel. You submit payment and all payments are made to and charged by Disney. And part of that is we're also not booking with a third-party company like Thomas Cook. Right. Right. You know, travel. So we're not booking this with Apple Vacations or somewhere else. There's multiple ways to book your Disney vacation. You know, you could book with Southwest Vacations or you could book with somebody else. We don't do that. We're not booking through a third-party we're booking directly with Disney. So we have ownership in quotes of your reservation as far as changes and stuff, but it's directly with Disney. It's not going from us to a third party making a reservation with Disney. So it's important to know um, whatever agent you decide to work with, how they do business um, beyond the fact that they'll do dining for you and, and help with fast passes is secondary to how they do business and what they do with your money once they have it. I would, uh, if you 
get in touch with a travel agent who says they charge a fee, I would ask them, what do you do for that fee? Mm -hmm. Give me a list of the things that you're doing. And and I would also ask if they were holding your money. And when I make a payment on my vacation, is that going directly to the provider? Whether it's Disney or Royal Caribbean or whoever you're booking, where you're going. Is my money going directly to the provider or are you holding the money and paying on your schedule? All excellent points. We should pat ourselves on the back. All right, moving on to our next question. I can't T-Rex arms. <laughs> we could form a circle and pat each other. Oh, my God. Well, that just took a turn. <laughs> All right, our next question. Do I have to be staying at one of the Skyliner resorts to ride the new Skyliner? I'm out. I don't know. You don't know? So, in... First and foremost, no, because you can get on the the Skyliner at a at a uh, theme park. So it's not like at the theme park they're checking for your IDs or things like that. So just to ride it is no. But the question came up: Will they eventually not allow you to disembark or go to the resort if you don't have a reservation or a dining reservation? So what was our th- thinking on that, Craig? It, it's it's definitely going to be a work in progress because as of recording this, the uh, the Skyliner hasn't officially opened. Some people are saying that to get out of the Caribbean uh, Beach Plaza that they have set up for Skyliner, that that will require you to prove that you have some sort of ADR. But uh, really the logistics for this is that means there would have to be someone working there, whether it was security or someone else scanning magic bands or passes trying to look for it the same way they would at the front entrance of a hotel. So while they might do it at first to kind of keep people at bay from trying to to get off and using it more as a resort hopping tool, uh, in terms of the long run, it seems not very viable. In, right. in fact, I would say that based on what I've seen from all of them, it would be like they would literally have to set up an umbrella somewhere and stick a person under it because it's not there's not an infrastructure set up to like turnstiles to to really check whether people are coming and going. This is Skyliner will be outside of the security line. It, it will be just kind of like a bus system essentially right. in that you don't have to go to security to get onto the Skyliner and and so for that reason it would be adding an extra step that's unnecessary and and I don't I think really the appeal of the Skyliner while resort hopping is something that many Disney fans love I want to use it to get from Epcot to Hollywood Studios and back and forth maybe I want to do a joyride over to see Pop Century but you know it's an art of animation but at the same time too it's the primary use of it is to go back and forth between those two parks and get to people to their hotels and back so i don't and i don't think there's right now people are breaking down the doors for adrs at sebastian's at caribbean beach so i i just don't i don't think it's going to be an issue overall tell us a little bit about the logistics of embarking and disembarking at one of the resorts you have to get off the skyliner when it gets to that resort you can't just stay on yeah sort of be winged around yeah as of right now anytime the only i picture a centrifuge where the (laughs) buckets are going sideways uh the only exception to this is actually riviera Riviera, you do have the option to stay on and ride through because that's kind of like it's that's more or less a pit stop 
in the in the grand scheme of things. At Caribbean Beach, that is the main hub for the skyline. You have the resort line running from Pop Century and Art of Animation that stops at Caribbean Beach, and you have to get off there. Same thing goes from Hollywood Studios to Caribbean Beach. Uh, you have to get off and then move on to your next destination there, and then eventually get in from Caribbean Beach to Epcot with a pit stop at Riviera along the way. Riviera is the only one you have an option to just ride through that station and stay on and keep going on to Epcot. And same thing when you're coming back, but all the other ones, it's just, it's, you know, the basic roles that you should have. Well, unfortunately, if you do want to ride back to the place you just came from, you have to get off, wait back in line and then get right back on. If it's not an issue with lines one day, maybe they, they change that up. But at the same time too, because of the technology and that they use to, to pull the cars off of like the the um, the accessible gone like when they're they're using the accessibility line to pull it off to that station, you know they might you might get people it, it's it just could cause a complete confusing mess. Even though by the time it pulls into there, you should already be off of it. So it's just logistically wise, it's easier to tell people to get off and if you want to go back to the place you just came from to get in line. And I, worry that, I worry that people, let's say at um, the studios, is go- are going to get on that thinking it's a ride, not understanding that it's necessarily yeah. transportation, especially because the new Kawashwan commercial, I don't know what happened, yeah. the new commercial bills it as a, a ride or an attraction. <clears throat> so people are going to get on thinking, well, I'm just going to get on this ride and keep circling around on it. They're going to have to get off and then get back in line and get back on. Yeah. I heard a, I heard from Pop, you can actually stay on at Caribbean Beach to go to Epcot. Have you heard that? Well, the Pop line, it, it ends at Caribbean Beach. But apparently uh, there was something about the way Caribbean, Caribbean Beach works is that you could continue from there. That was the only spot. You didn't have to change. So is it possible that that line then goes on to Epcot, do you think? No. The, no? the, the Carib- So Caribbean Beach is basically a T. Mm-hmm. And the T is the, – the point of it is heading towards Hollywood Studios. And then uh, there's the one that goes to Epcot and Riviera and Pop Century. They're all three separate stations. Okay. So it's – those right. are – I guess when you think about those, those are all closed loops. Exactly. So okay. loops to yeah. these gotcha. resorts come back around. So you're moving from constantly. one loop to another so loop. So you've got to switch yes. lines. Exactly. Okay. There is no way to directly stay on the entire time from Pop Century of Art of Animation to get to Epcot. You have okay. to get to Caribbean Beach, disembark, move over to the Epcot station, board that – you drive through Riviera, which once it opens in December, then you know maybe they change up the rules that you have to get out there and Just then to wait be fair in line. To those guests. Yeah, well, that's true of the monorail also. Well, I, was I mean, there's you- the monorail, the resort monorail, and if you want to go to Epcot, you have to switch trains. Yeah. It's the same thing. I thought maybe the Skyliner, you could jump from one to another like a monkey. And it's it's just, very mission impossible. It is very mission impossible. Wow. Have you been exercising or something? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> but yeah, I don't yeah, we don't know for sure. It may happen in the future where they stay they say. I think one of the things you have to think about too is well this isn't really an issue. They may be more strict on who parks at the Caribbean Beach. Yeah, I could see that being a concern. People trying to park now at Pop Art of Animation, Caribbean Beach to then take the Skyliner to avoid 
resort parking, or I'm sorry, park parking. Theme park yeah. parking. Theme park yeah, parking. Is- yeah, and I mean, that's that's a valid concern. But that's also a concern with the monorail. Exactly, and that's that's and, where I don't I don't understand why the the fury that's happening in with the Skyliner versus the monorail. In my opinion, you know, like Polynesian, the parking lot, while it might be half empty most of the day during like fireworks time, it gets very very busy in there. Contemporary, usually you're fine at any point in time. Uh, Grand Floridian's kind of a mixed bag on that too, but those parking lots they feel a lot tinier and. <laughs> So they they do have to police you getting an ADR there and then utilizing the monorail to get to Magic Kingdom and such with with like Pop Century and Art of Animation. I mean, those parking lots are massive. And same thing with Caribbean Beach. So people will take advantage of trying to do that. But I don't think it's enough that they need to start policing it to shut it down. If they need to police more, then they need to get even stricter with the monorail line resorts, yeah. in my opinion, and then worry about Skyliner second. I think it's going to work very similar to the monorail. I can't see them putting any extra resources. Yeah. I, I can't see it being a big enough issue to warrant extra resources and money to try to restrict who's coming from where. Yeah. I think the parking... They'll implement whatever they can at the guard station because to get in there, you need to get past a guard. Um, But as far as I think anybody is going to be able to use it, I think it'll get to the point where most people realize – there's no need to use it. I don't think it's going to be ex- of it, right. People will be like, oh, okay, I did yeah. it. And I know, I know there's some kids who loved going and just running the monorail, you know, who love that as an attraction. And that might be the same thing with the Skyliner. I don't think Disney's going to stop that, but to, to go from Epcot to the studios by Skyliner, I can't see that being a, uh, yeah, I, I like, mean, a worth it time wise. It's, it, as long as there's no stops, it definitely you can, and the lines aren't super long to get on the Skyliners. You could definitely make it. Uh, you could make it on the Skyliner to Epcot quicker than you could if you take the Friendship boats. Okay, so I that's definitely the faster resource there. I I power walk. So I can do I can I can make it (laughs) I can make it on foot faster. So for me, if I'm trying to get from Hollywood Studios to to Epcot quickest, I'm still going to walk. I did that walk once. You're still doing it? The year Never was, again. I did it once it. and I almost died and I thought, who, who chooses this? Yeah. The year was 1994. <laughs> uh, are there any announcements in the Skyliner buckets like they're on the monorail? Is there anything that says now you're approaching oh, Hollywood Studios? It, almost an obnoxious amount. Uh, it's it's something it. I didn't really think about while we were riding it. The As of right now, the, the Skyliner has no music playing into it. So you're just listening to the serene sounds of silence and then i the want to say the cars yeah. below you yeah about wow. every 30 seconds they would throw in like a little tip like first when you take off like you are now leaving hollywood studios on the way to caribbean beach where then you can transfer to epcot or pop century and art of animation and then turns off for two seconds by the time you get to the end of the hollywood studios parking lot comes back on again and then it's like if you're looking down below you you'll see disney's effort to have conservation with the Florida Everglades and it's like you're looking at a retention puddle right below you and like okay sure that's fine and then you know a couple more along the way but the the thing about the Skyliner that I don't think people were 
it should have been clear from the onsite when you're talking about you're going to have these awesome views on the Skyliner. You have a great view when you're coming down into Epcot, looking at the World Showcase in France and the construction happening there right now. You have kind of an awesome view coming into Hollywood Studios, getting a wide scope of the park, and then flying over Caribbean Beach and that entire area with Riviera. Other than that, it's like you're literally looking at trees down below you. So it's not like you're not going to be riding this to see like, oh, I want to I want to travel and look down at everything below me. You're looking at, at pavement, trees, roads. There was a concern when they first did it that what if could you see backstage areas? And the way Disney is, is no, they're not going to let you see backstage areas. So they're going to make sure that this thing is running through heavily treed locations or over highways or. Yeah, and roadways. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's very serene, and you know they're, they they just they have the right moments where they they showcase it off. Like when you're flying over Hourglass Lake, going into Pop and Art of Animation, it's a beautiful little flight in. And same goes coming down into Epcot and such. But in general, yeah, it's not like you're not riding this thing to to really get a look at everything down right. below you. That's the reason why I want to ride it. I'm hoping I could see stuff, but. Probably not. All right, let's move on. Our final question, Kevin. Brace yourself. Braced. Braced. What's the best way to save money on a Walt Disney World vacation? Not go. That's the only way you're going to save money. (laughs) Simply don't go. Uh, No, we want you to come to Walt Disney World. We want you to visit. Um, I don't know that there's any one specific thing you can do. I think there's a lot of little tricks you can apply. There's a lot of different things you can do. First of all, I think it starts with setting a budget and working within the budget um, and then deciding what's important. So I think your first choice is resort. This is very you know, grown up. It is. That's, you know, people want to hear like a trick or something. They don't want to there's know the no budget. Tricks. Ask for ice water and don't buy bottled water. Excellent. Sorry, Get a double yeah. burger and ask for an extra bun. Well, that was a little condescending. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it, yeah, there's not uh, there's not a quick fix. If I had if I was only allowed to say one thing, I would say book early. Um, you know, we know it's not that the pricing is tiered or anything, but we know Disney's known for increases of pricing, and we had talked about on a previous show how um, sometimes discounts come out, but they're not worth it for everybody because you know resort prices may have increased, ticket prices may have increased. Um, Restrictions on the package may make it things things you're buying you don't need. Right. So I would say your best bet is kind of book early. Um, There are multiple levels of resorts here. I know Disney is starting off for good neighbor packages, and a lot of people are looking for those to save money. I've yet had a client that I've compared for that it made sense. Um, By the time you add in Magical Express and things like that, I do think there's situations where it makes sense. If you have a larger family that puts you into a different room category at Disney or a different resort, you may be able to find something in a good neighbor that's comparable. But convenience is going to cost you, and time is worth something as well. Good neighbors um, at Walt Disney World are very similar to the good neighbors at Disneyland in Anaheim in that people are looking for a room discount. They're not looking for a package they're not looking to put it together something. They're just looking for that dirt cheap room package and where they can save money. And it can be found out there if you're really willing to look for it. But again, you're giving up certain yeah. things for yeah. that location. So there's not a secret. I, could, I would say one of the things I would also say is book with dreams because we're watching for those further discounts for you. You don't have to be you know, watching and know the secret formula of, of how to get them. We're out there. We're watching. We're checking. You don't have to sit on the phone for hours. I was just going to say time is money, right? 
Yeah. How valuable is your time? Would you rather have us do it for you and, you know, make those things and make those plans? And you can go and you can put in a payment online in seconds and we'll take care of it for you. So travel off season, you know, if you're going to be traveling during Christmas, you know, during, you know, the busier times when kids are out of school, especially um, summer can be busy and pricey, but not as much as you would think with Disney. I think it's more the spring breaks, um, Christmas time. Because the spring breaks used to kind of everybody had the same spring break. Yeah, it was that's always not the case around yeah. Easter. And now it's this sliding thing where they start in February and go through the end of April. Pretty well from mid February to April can be, you know, so sometimes it's traveling in an off season time. We typically find that January tends to be lower pricing. You're sacrificing some weather possibly. You may have some more things closed if it, they're expecting the parks to be you know, to be closed, they might be doing different refurbishments and stuff. The parks wouldn't be closed, Not but the certain parks, attractions. I'm sorry, but certain attractions, mm-hmm. yes, that's right. But one of the water parks is usually down in January? Yep. It also depends on what is important for you to save money on. Right. You know, some people say, well, I don't want to spend a lot of money on food. Well, there are tricks for that, too. Right. Buy your big meal at lunchtime. You know, don't go to certain restaurants that are more expensive. Get, if you don't have the dining plan, go to a store and have donuts and stuff in your room for breakfast. Right. There's a lot of tricks for that. Or is it, you know, people say, well, I want to save money on the actual vacation itself. So there's different aspects of where you can save money. I mean, if you're looking to save money on everything, that's a lot of work. You know, that's a lot of planning involved in that and figuring it out. Yeah, there's a lot of factors. It's not a quick answer for sure between dates and resort choice and what kind of tickets you're going to include and, you know, dining plan doesn't make sense doesn't it make sense i wasn't joking when i for what i first said i paid five dollars for a bottle of water the other day at disney and i think to myself use a refillable water bottle any quick service location will give you a glass of ice water five dollars for a bottle of is water is there are certain things where i think hotel rooms are just expensive anyway i'm sorry five bottles five dollars for a bottle of water is kind of robbery yeah if you don't bring a refillable water bottle at this point then it's you know disney's adding more and more uh refill stations and like kevin said you can go up to any quick service restaurant they'll give you as many cups of water you need to fill up your your bottle with but that'll start saving you money instantly and you'll actually be hydrated especially in those hotter summer months but i'm starting with the discounted budget side i'm starting to look at the opposite side of the the spectrum in it then instead of looking for the best deals on the vacation i'm want i'm wanting realize that it's going to cost the amount that it is so let me look how on my day-to-day at home life i can start budgeting and cut out stuff i don't need why make why make the vacation suffer from what it can be when i can go and have the vacation i want where i can cut out stuff like do i do I really need to buy this much food? As if half of it's going in the garbage at the end of the week, and you go to the, look the at that. budget board on the disboards. It's amazing the lengths that people are going to to save money in their daily lives to afford a vacation, and if that's the route you want to take. I have a question about the refill bottles. Is the water coming out of there cold? I've never used one. Yeah, I, I mean, it's. I've not had a problem with warm water. 
uh, but I it's not ice water. Yeah, I well, it's like the the ones in Galaxy's Edge; those have been cold enough for for my taste. I I see myself more or less going up to the counter services because I do. I'm the type of person I like ice to just sit in my my refillable water bottle as as long as Insulated possible. Insulated bottle. Yeah, yeah, I I like I like very very cold water. So for me, I have to go to the ice route. But and I would suggest. When you're thinking of which refillable bottle you're going to take with you, getting a glass of ice water, I know this is rather simplistic, getting an, a bottle with a wider mouth hmm. is, I have a Easy. refillable bottle right here, but it's got a very narrow mouth. That's more difficult when you're trying to refill it with crushed ice and things like that. Yep. So, um, and I would tell you to get something that's lightweight. I mean, if you were looking for to keep the water cold, you need something insulated. But if you're just looking to refill it from stop to stop, I don't know what the word is. I think it's Nalgene bottles, the ones that you can even collapse that uh-huh. would fit in a backpack. I don't. I might not be saying that right. Uh-huh. All good advice, all good tips. Uh, that'll do it for our questions and answers show. I appreciate you guys helping me out with those. Uh, and everybody, as usual, thank you very much for watching. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation.